0: Wednesday, March the 23rd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Russian soldiers in Mariupol and new sanctions imminent. First, the world in brief. Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, said there is, quote, nothing left of Mariupol as the Pentagon said Russian soldiers had now entered the besieged port city and that Russian warships are pounding it. Mr Zelensky said there are about 100,000 people in the city living in inhumane conditions. He also accused the Russians of seizing a humanitarian convoy in the nearby city of Mangush and of taking the drivers captive. The White House said that President Joe Biden would unveil new sanctions against Russia at NATO G7 and EU summits taking place in Europe this week. The Wall Street Journal reckons that more than 300 members of the Duma, Russia's parliament, will be targeted, along with other members of the country's elite. The existing sanctions are already unprecedented. A Russian court sentenced Alexei Navalny, Russia's main opposition figure, to nine years in prison. His lawyers were detained by police Mr. Navalny was found guilty of fraud and contempt of court after a phony trial. He was already serving a three-year sentence and has repeatedly denounced Russia's invasion of Ukraine. America's State Department said the quote sham trial was evidence of further crackdown on dissent in Russia. America calculated that Russia has lost more than 10% of its original invasion force as a result of fierce Ukrainian resistance. The Pentagon said that Ukrainian forces had begun to go on the offensive in parts of the country, for example looking to retake Kherson, a southern city that fell early in the war. Earlier, Dmitry Peskov, Vladimir Putin's spokesman, repeatedly refused to rule out the possibility of Russia using nuclear weapons in Ukraine if faced with a quote, existential threat. Mario Draghi, Italy's Prime Minister, endorsed Ukraine's request to join the European Union. He said that Ukraine is defending not just itself, but also, quote, that multilateral order based on rules and rights that we have painstakingly built up since the Second World War. Mr Draghi's comments followed Volodymyr Zelensky's video address to the Italian Parliament, in which the Ukrainian president urged Italy to slap more sanctions on Russia. Other news... New Zealand announced plans to scrap some vaccine mandates and ease other COVID 19 restrictions. Jacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister, said it was, quote, a new beginning for the country. Japan's Prime Minister, Kushida Fumio, condemned Russia for pulling out of peace talks over the status of the disputed Kurel Islands in the Pacific Ocean, which it did as a protest over sanctions. Rescuers continued to search for survivors of a plane which crashed in southern China with 132 people on board. Only debris has been found so far. Evergrande, an embattled Chinese property giant, delayed the publication of its annual report as it revealed that Chinese banks had claims on $2 billion of its cash, a bad sign for foreign creditors hoping to recover their investments. America and Britain struck an agreement that will end a years-long row over aluminium and steel tariffs, imposed during the Trump administration. And fact of the day, 6 million. The number of people who depend on Kenya's coffee industry for their income. More than a tenth of the country's population. And now, here's today's agenda. How to catch a war criminal It is almost unheard of for one serving head of state to call another a, quote, war criminal. So the decision by America's president to do just that was notable. Joe Biden's statement on March 16th was part of a broader attempt to bring Russia's president, Vladimir Putin, to international justice. Kareem Khan the prosecutor of the International Criminal Court, which tries individuals, has been in Ukraine investigating war crimes and crimes against humanity. Responding to a Ukrainian claim under the UN's Genocide Convention, the International Court of Justice, which adjudicates between states, has ordered Russia to withdraw. Mr Putin can ignore them, so long as he remains in office. Russia does not recognise the ICC and has the power to prevent the ICJ from enforcing its rulings. But the court's efforts are worth pursuing. Mr. Putin may not last, and future peace negotiations might give outsiders leverage to have war criminals extradited. By Invitation Jason Bordov and Megan O'Sullivan on Energy Supply and Climate Goals This is an excerpt from a guest essay by the co-dean of Columbia University's Climate School and the director of the Geopolitics of Energy Project at Harvard University's Kennedy School of Government. As Russia's invasion of Ukraine becomes more violent, the world is on the cusp of what may become the worst energy crisis since the 1970s. Whereas those crises only involved oil, Russia is one of the world's largest producers of nearly every form of energy, oil, natural gas, coal and even the fuel used in nuclear power plants. The unfolding energy calamity demands an immediate response to keep cars moving, homes powered and heated, and to prevent a global recession induced by high energy prices. But as policymakers look for quick fixes, there is also the urgency of weaning the world from fossil fuels, as a major United Nations report made clear last month. In the long run, doing so benefits not just the climate, but also energy security for large consumers of fossil fuels. Pragmatic policies are needed that ensure secure and affordable energy today and that help to bring about a lower carbon future. Sunak's Spring Statement The Chancellor of the Exchequer, had hoped to make Wednesday's half-yearly statement on Britain's public finances rather boring and to save juicier announcements for his autumn budget. But that plan was scuppered by the war in Ukraine, which is making a bad inflation problem worse. Sir Rishi Sunak will probably announce a £0.05 per litre cut to duty on petrol and may raise the threshold above which workers contribute to a payroll tax. Or he could bump up benefits, including pensions. The last of those would help the poorest households most. According to the Resolution Foundation, a London-based think tank, simply maintaining the real value of benefits would lift half a million Brits out of relative poverty this coming year. By contrast, delaying a rise in national insurance contributions, as many would like, would most help the rich. None of Mr Sunak's options ...can cure voters' pain entirely. Life may be more interesting than he would like for some time. Hoping for sunshine at Geneco Solar. One of the world's largest manufacturers of solar panels... ...will report its earnings for the final quarter of 2021... ...before American markets open on Wednesday morning. Results from Geneco Solar a Chinese firm, will hint at how the squeeze of polysilicon, an industry metal used in solar manufacturing, is hitting the industry's margins. Prices surged last year. They are now slightly below their 2021 peak, but still around three times as high as at the end of 2020. The solar power industry has its bright spots. The China Photovoltaic Industry Association expects capacity in China to grow by record amounts in 2022. Global increases in energy prices might also benefit solar manufacturers. Jinko Solar has had an eventful year, enlisted in Shanghai in January and has been a prominent example of speculative activity in Chinese stock markets. While its American listing gives it a market capitalization of around $2.5 billion, in China, It is priced around eight times higher. Little Green Medicines Living in space ain't easy. Without gravity to put stress on astronauts' bones, they risk atrophying. On Earth, that could be treated with hormones. But since it is impractical to bring medicines aboard spaceships, astronauts must do hours of exercise instead. Now, scientists may have found a less tiring remedy. At the spring meeting of the American Chemical Society, researchers showed off a genetically modified breed of lettuce that produces human parathyroid hormone, a chemical that stimulates bone growth. They hope the lettuce can be grown and eaten in space, providing a vital nutrient. Lettuce, kale and peppers have all been grown on spaceships. On very long missions, such as to Mars, space-grown plants could be a simple way to provide what astronauts need, much like giving sailors oranges to stave off scurvy. And since bone-stimulating lettuce could help people with conditions such as osteoporosis, the plants may be useful on Earth too. Daily Quiz Arboristas will serve you a new question each day. On Friday, your challenge is to give all five answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Wednesday The seeds of which plant were smuggled out of Brazil in 1876? so that the British could plant them in their colonial empire. Tuesday, the title of which book by Samuel Smiles, a favourite of Margaret Thatcher, is now used for a whole genre. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Lee Kuan Yew, who died on this day in 2015. If nobody is afraid of me, I'm meaningless.